0: Radio, check, check. Radio, check, check. Radio, check, check. Radio, check,
1: check, check. Hey, everybody. This is actually the first recording we did for the podcast series. We had no idea where it would go or what it was going to be about, but here it is. Hi. Hi, Splinter. Hello, everybody. This is a bunch of rangers talking around uh, a fern. Is, is there is wait, burn barrel or fern? Uh, No, we're actually in California? Mid-California? Sheep Ranch, California. Gold country. We've been uh, looking for ways to reach out to rangers and get people more involved, and so we decided that we would do a podcast and tell a few stories about rangering and wherever that goes. Today with Tool, who is our department manager, and Safety Phil, who is our deputy department manager, and Slip-On, who is one of our OODs. And I'm Splinter, and I'm one of the OODs as well. And when we're thinking about what we're going to talk about this time around, Phil brought up a story about how we deal with people and how we've learned by being a part of this organization different ways to treat people better and learn more about
2: them. And And with that... (laughs) Phil, what was that story you told me? So we're here for the OOD and Command Cadre Retreat, which is the thing we do every year to talk about what what is the command cadre going to do for the coming year, and how did things work last year, and how should shift operations be, et, et cetera, and Crow had what I thought was a really cool thing, which was the power of stories, and what are the stories that that matter, and w- why do people tell stories, and you know what do stories do for you, and it got me thinking about what I've learned from the Rangers, both as a you know I guess as a person, but also as a manager and as a person in the Rangers, and. Uh, the story that came to mind was, was interesting, it was at least interesting to me, um, which was about uh, a ranger I encountered when I was, this was 2011, 10 years ago, and this person was a trainer, and to be honest, they weren't a very good trainer, they were pretty flat in affect, and they knew the material, but they weren't really inspirational, and uh, I was you know, fairly new as a trainer. And I'm like, hmm, this person's kind of a dud. And I frankly kind of wrote this person off. And then, uh, you know, two years later, they were a risky, a Ranger Shift Command intern. So they were a, a uh, an intern khaki. And I'm like, oh, it's that person again. And they're going to be a dud. No, they were awesome. Am I allowed to swear on yes, this Yes, of course. Oh, they were fucking awesome. <laughs> it was great. and. Uh, and And I looked at that, and I was like, it kind of made my head like melt down a little bit. I'm like, well, but this person, but I, and you would think I would know this by now in my life, but like, oh, the fact that you're not necessarily good at this thing does not mean you're not a rock star at this other thing. Yeah. and And so, like it really just caused me to kind of like sort of reevaluate like how I interact with people because you just you never know when you meet yes. people.
1: Reevaluating. That's what Rangers do for our participants, isn't it? help them to re-examine or reframe or re-evaluate their situation using things like interest versus position and other things to help them find better outcomes for their day. Safety Phil reminds us here that as rangers, we need to also re-evaluate for ourselves. We don't always see the whole picture when we meet people and the world rarely gives us incentive to search for more than we see at first glance. Being a ranger asks you to do this for participants and gives you the incentive to look past that first piece of the human puzzle towards the whole picture. Some months after this was recorded, we see that this episode is about re-evaluation. Next, I give my example of where it sank in for me, where I learned to consciously force myself to not just evaluate people based on the lousy situations I meet them under, but to remember that there is more to people than their worst day ever. As a shift lead, or then as an OOD, you you often only come in on situations when they're horrible. It, their worst day. Because basically, rangers can handle all the things that are nice and things that get slightly difficult, and if you get brought in, it's already like kind of horrible. And I, it, at first, uh, you know, I would take everyone's input of it's horrible <laughs> and look at the person and be like, oh, this person's a problem. And then I met them later when they were fine. And it turned out the person was wonderful, became a friend of mine. And, and from that point on, I've tried really hard to, when I come upon a situation where people are not having a great day or things are awful, realizing that there's something that got them here. They're probably nice people somewhere else. This just is their worst day. And I try to think of that person as like the friend I haven't met yet. And I try to give them more of the benefit of the doubt. And and oftentimes, I will meet the people later and when they're, you know, they've
2: eaten. And they're not on their worst day. (laughs) And they're not on their
1: worst day. And they've rested and they're, you know, warm and like they didn't just get dumped or catch their partner having sex with someone else. They're, you know, wonderful
2: people. So can I ask you a question, which is, how do you do that? How do you remember to do that?
1: It's just an ongoing thing in my brain. This person's having a bad day, but they're probably not going to have a bad day tomorrow. <laughs> Interesting. Radio check. Radio check. Radio check. Here's Tool, the current ranger department head, talking about his time as a dirt ranger. Even back then, he had a solid understanding of the social contract everyone at the event is supposed to be sharing, and gets participants to evaluate their commitment to it.
3: Yeah, my first ranger gig outside of the just regular patrol thing was working as a quadrant second at the Manburn for Durwich, who was uh, one of the trainers at the time and also a shift lead. And I believe she was on uh, the back then equivalent of the Ranger Council. <clears throat> and so she had invited me to like work on this thing and I didn't know her very well, but like, you know, I got the little briefing, did the job. And you can't get, get up in front of a bunch of people and you start having a little conversation with a group of people in front of you. Like, hey, this is, this is what your job is. Your job is to sit down. <laughs> as many of you as I can get. Five rows would be awesome. Your job is to sit down. And if you're doing that, you're doing a great job. And if somebody comes by and says, hey, you shouldn't be sitting down, the answer is no, this is my job. I'm sitting down. You're sitting down. Also, if like, you know, the thing behind me blows up really loud and horrible and a <laughs> flame comes this way, Uh, I and you will absorb the heat and everyone behind you can run away and this (laughs) is part of the the deal because you get to sit in front so it's cool anyway like I got a little rapport with everybody and they kind of got this the memo like their job is to sit down and you know maybe 20 minutes later so this truck starts coming in with the you know headlights on and it's coming right at where I'm standing from way outside and it's getting in through the perimeter and people are getting out of the way because it's a truck, what do you do? And then the people in front of me start to stand up and I'm like, hey, I remember your job here is to sit down. And so they kind of, oh, okay. And they sat their asses right back down. And so this truck stops and, you know, it's like, hug, hug, get, get the fuck out of the way. I got to get in there, and, you know, and but they're like, no, this is my job. I'm sitting here. I'm good. And so the truck didn't move which gave me a chance to walk up out there and say like, hey, what's going on? Um, It turns out it's a a DPW truck, and they're, you know, this is 2002 maybe. And uh, i you know, I'm trying to explain that there's an entrance at nine o'clock that they can go in through, or maybe 12 o'clock. There's there's ways in, but not where I am. (laughs) This is not the way in. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't care, this is the way in, because it's easier than the other thing. And also it turns out like, it's a DPW truck, so reverse isn't really a thing that exists. <laughs> that so model, it couldn't do it. So like, you know, eventually Dirt Witch caught up and she kind of helped me, cause like I was a little bit over my head there. Um, but we managed to get a whole bunch of people to push the truck backwards in neutral so that it <laughs> got out of the way. And sure enough, they went, found the whatever entrance they needed to go in and entered that way. And, you know, it was just a a really good lesson for me in that uh, the ranger job isn't you doing all the stuff. It's getting buy-in from the community that this is is what we've all agreed to. This is the thing we came here for. It's you and me and we're friends and we're going to get along and like we're not going to sell popcorn over there and we're not going to whatever because this is the ethic of where we are. And so this is your job right now, and we're gonna all work together to make the thing work. And if they're all on board, you're gonna be fine, because it's them versus everybody else, and eventually everybody else gets to hopefully have their way most of the time.
2: Can, can I add a thing to that, though? Yes, of course. What, what I find fascinating about this is, you know, you're like, oh yeah, well, it's a DPW truck, and so it doesn't really go in reverse, right? Like, <laughs> it's just a janky piece of crap and whatever, right? And and And, and so I'm like, oh, well, then it's going to have to go forward. I'm imagining the way that story's going to end is you're going to, like, you know, you're going to part the Red Seas and the truck's going to go forward. <laughs> like, no, the answer is we're actually going to push it backwards. I'm like,
3: right. oh, uh, yeah. like, oh, that's, that's
2: like, totally good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so. And just for people who are listening, how long, when did you, what was your first year ever being a Ranger? Uh, Tool?
3: My first burn was 2000, and my first year as a Ranger was 2001. I'm Phil?
2: Uh, first burn was 96. And first year of Ranger was 2004. And did you go
1: between 96 and 2004? Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No, I did did various other random things, made art, whatever. At the event? Yeah. Did all those years you went? Uh, Every year except 1997 when it was on the Hualify. Really? That's
1: the only one you missed since 96.
2: Uh, Well, between 96 and 2007, six, something like that. And then Uh I had a three-year hiatus,
1: and then I was back.
0: Uh Slip on? Uh, I started at Floating World, which I think was 2002, 2002. Uh, and I started rangering in 2004.
3: I'm glad you can remember the themes, because I can't, I can't I, remember. I only, <laughs> I only know that because
2: my nephew came for Any the first way. time in 2002, so it was a big deal. as like a family re- member. Was I there. only
0: remember my first theme, um, mainly because all the art cars were fish for like five years after that. Yeah. Really?
2: Because yeah. I remember that as everyone talked like a pirate year.
3: All right, boats. everybody did talk like
0: a pirate. Floating but. world was the,
1: that was such that was the whale and Contessa at the same it, time. And the yeah. the,
2: uh, the street numbers yeah. not hours of the clock, but were degrees of the. See, clock. Oh, I yeah,
0: I, yeah, I learned right. I learned on degrees, so. like... Oh
2: my God, you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the year you're actually in OOD
0: now. Is that yeah. true? Yeah, surprising. <laughs> lost. It's like uh, centigrade
3: and uh, Fahrenheit. Mm. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the, the streets were horrible. So and we ended up
1: just calling them whatever we want. I mean, ABC and time, anyways, because it didn't help.
3: Except that usually you don't switch back after <laughs> you go to centigrade. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, thank you. That was great. That was a good, good first effort. I I'm, I'm really, wait, wait, wait. I'm really curious. And just when Slip On thought he was going to make it out of this first session without having to evaluate anything, we remind him of a day that made him self-evaluate accepting the position of OOD.
2: What about Slip-On? He's got a story too, right?
3: <laughs> like us motherfuckers did it. You can do it too. <laughs> Wait, I didn't have
2: any prep though. So, yeah, you had exactly as much prep time as we did. Yeah,
1: and two I examples. So. How about your first day of being an OOD?
3: Oh uh, yeah,
0: how about Unless that? you have something else. Huh. Want to talk well, about no, something no, other? I mean. Was that Monday? Good times. Um, Yeah, it, 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 it what was. It what, was what was that? Three years ago,
2: 2020 minus three to 2017.
0: Yeah, maybe. Was 16, 2017. One of the two. One of the two. Uh, they all blur now. Um, you know, it was it was quite uneventful. Um, was it? Yeah, you know, it just kind of like it started off with a <laughs> with a pass down, um, where there was a, a little bit of. Uh, a dispute inside of Outpost Tokyo actually, like Ranger and his uh, and his partner, like had a squabble, and it was causing tension in the camp. So it was at Tokyo. At Tokyo, yeah. Um, so that was let which, him. Which know. is a Ranger camp at nine o'clock. That all of us <laughs> camp at, which funny. That all of the OODs camp at, or the majority of. Um, but you know, this was a remind that Ranger that like. Hey, yeah, there's like stuff going on with you and your partner. Like, what can we do to help you through this? He thought he had to like white knuckle the experience. And this was a this is a pretty like gnarly experience if it's like coming and like actually becoming an action item for the OOD. Um and you know, he was uh I saw a weight lifted off of him by like saying like what can I do to help you? Like, what can the department do to help you? Like, you are not trapped in this experience. Um, so, like, that was kind of cool. And then, it was- can, can can I like
2: set the stage a little bit here? Yeah. Right? So, this is this is Monday morning of the event. So it's right Correct. after Gate Sunday, right? Correct. And an OOD OOD is Officer of the Day. And you've got a 24 hour shift. You're like the senior most ranger the, responsible for operations. Above you is the operations manager and, and tool and company, mm-hmm. but you're the guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're just starting your 24 hour shift at
0: 10 a.m. 10 a.m. So, like, nine, like I'm talking to Something it, like, like that. Uh, you know, like 1.30 in the afternoon because your day starts with meetings. Right? Sure. So, so like you're all you're, good meeting man.
2: You're busy for meetings for a while and then like, okay, now it's time to actually kind of dig into stuff. Do something. Do something, right? You're um, out of your meetings. Yep. I, and, and so now you have this meeting at Tokyo. Yep.
0: Okay. That, that, that is, that is the, the, the
2: stage has been adequately set. The gates are open, yep. the event is on, we're going.
0: Yep, so you know, let him know that, hey, you need help. What can we do? Um, and that was all he needed, was knowing that he had the, the support of his peers. Um, he was able to come up with his own game plan for resolution, execute it, perfect. Well, that's great, you're done for the next 24 hours, right? So I thought. Good job, slip on. So I thought. <laughs> um, and this is your first OOD shift this ever? This is my first OOD shift. Um, yeah, so go to dinner, go back to Tokyo to just kind of like uh, catch up with some people, like catch my breath, let the shift leads run their shift. Uh, another ranger comes running in. Uh, I don't have a radio, uh, but the hotel just collapsed. I'm sorry, the what just yeah. what? Yeah, the hotel. This is a, a theme camp that built a janky uh, <laughs> two-story structure out of uh, you know plywood that had <laughs> gone to the playa maybe five years in a row. Um, and isn't stored well, so we all know like plywood degrades. Uh, Everybody decided to stand on one plank of plywood to watch uh, the gate opening fireworks extravaganza that X puts on, um, and when it went boom, they went drop. Um, Nice. So this is what in ESD parlance is referred to as a mass casualty incident. So my first OOD shift, uh, we activated the mass casualty incident protocol, which uh, I don't think any of the rangers knew. Um, And we kind of winged it, but we winged it effectively, uh, which was basically like we blocked off the street, let the ambulances run in, they scooped up all of the people. Um, Right as that was kind of winding down, a call comes on the radio that Thunderdome, on the other side of town, uh, a participant had just struck a ranger, uh, that is, fist to face. Um, So that was then like race across Playa to like find that. We beat the cops who were all at the hotel because <laughs> of, apparently they get across Playa by uh, taking the letters streets and not cutting across open Playa.
2: As opposed to driving directly across, yeah. right, Yeah. okay.
0: Um, so then my night went to filling out paperwork, making sure that that ranger was taken care of, what did that individual need. Um, and making sure that the person who was uh, the aggressor uh, made it off playa, which they did. I can
2: tell you the year, by the way. It was 2016. And the reason I can say that is that was our very first command training ever. And we had created a completely fanciful scenario involving a structure collapse. (laughs) (laughs) And afterwards, Ranger Judas came to me, and he's like, you are not allowed to write scenarios anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: yeah. So you're the jinx. I, yes, I am not. Was, I'm the jinx. Okay. Right. So yeah, that was that was my first OOD shift. And you
1: you you just generally have this Monday. Sh- you had the Monday shift for a while. Yeah. And y-
0: yeah. I I, li- I like opening the city. It's mm-hmm. a it's a lot of fun. Like there's a there's a good mix of uh, relief and pent up uh, excitement at the same time because you have all these people that have been in the desert for a week and are just like, thank God I'm like done. With, um, with and the then build out and everything else. Yeah, uh, and then there are all the people that are like, I just got here, hey, <laughs> <laughs> so, hey so, let's so, go, hey, this so, is part. So
2: you're saying if you're like a dirt ranger who wants excitement, the Monday shift. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> under slip-on as OD is what you want.
0: I, I do think that, you get, you get a fireworks show. Not many shifts give you a a fireworks show. Like, um, so, yeah, I love it. Mondays, work it.
1: Well, thank you all for this time to share your stories. And uh, we'll see you on the playa. And uh, we're going to have some more of these coming up, people. So I hope you enjoy them. And let us know. Leave your comments below. Actually, there won't be any of that. But, uh, you know, (laughs) thanks for listening. Splinter, thank
2: you for hosting us.
0: Thanks, Splinter. Going off calm. Radio check.
1: Check. check. There you have it. Four rangers, a fern, some evaluations, and one gnarly first day on the job. We hope these stories brought to you by the Department of Institutional Memory help to remind you to see past your first impressions for a more complete picture of the situation, be constantly reevaluating what you see, use that Plyas social contract to get everyone on board, and make sure to keep at it even if your first day on the job was a bitch thanks to Ranger Apparatus for sending in this rocked out version of the song he had in mind when he was playing acoustic guitar in the intros to our other more audienced podcasts. He calls it Third Gear. If you want to hear more of him jamming out, you can search for him on Facebook using Apparatus and Portland. Our main breakout music is still composed by Chris Hominick and is called Two Loops Stole My Truck. Thanks for listening. There are more on the way, so stay tuned and be safe.